This morning, um, before we get into the sermon, I want to remind you that we have been, we have, if you are a covenant member of our church, you received a letter in an envelope that looks like this. It's for our Thanksgiving offering. The elders and the staff talked, and um, we wanted to do something as a congregation to say thanks to the Lord. The Lord has been very good to us. Um, We have really nice facilities here, and we enjoy the facilities that we have. Um, but some of you may have noticed we're beginning to have more people, and our building, is, our building doesn't just automatically grow. Um, but one of the things that we're committed to as leadership is not getting the church into a lot of debt. <clears throat> and so we wanted to do a special offering um, to try and pay down our debt, get as close to having our debt paid off on this building. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the, what the exact number is, Rex told me I had to raise $200,000 today, so I don't know. Um, That's just because he wants to get rid of me or what. But those of you that don't know, I'm the JV guy. Rex Stump is our preacher. Um, I'm just the JV guy. So, but I really would. We really would like you to, as the staff and as the elders, the leadership of our church would really like you to pray as a family and spend time discussing a sacrifice that you can make to say thank you to the Lord because the Lord is the one ultimately that's given us this building he's ultimately the one that's sending people our way to hear this to hear the truth and so it's really a gift of thanksgiving to him and we're not one of those churches that asks for money all the time but if you would just spend some time in today and next sunday are the two days that we're taking those if you didn't get an envelope they're back by the blessings box put your offering in there put it in the blessings box know that we're grateful um, for you guys and for you you guys are the ones that are making the church become what it is with God's help. So it's Thanksgiving, right, this coming week? Some of you may not have known that. If you didn't know that, I'm, that's why they had me up here, so I can tell you good information. But we're going we're gonna to eat some good food, right? How many of you are excited about Thanksgiving because you're going to eat some good food? How many of you are excited about Thanksgiving because you're going to get an extra couple of days off work? How many of you are excited about Thanksgiving because you're going to get a couple of days off of school? How many parents are not excited because the kids are going to have a couple of days off school? <laughs> you see, Thanksgiving is all about perspective. That's the end of the sermon. Have a nice week. We'll see you later. But I, one, of the things that I, one of the things as a pastor, and it's not as bad for me because I only preach every once in a while, so I have a little more time. Rex has to do this every week, but I have a little more time to prepare my sermon. One of the things that sometimes can be a struggle is days like Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Mother's Day, you're always expected to preach on that topic. And so the longer you you preach and the longer you do that kind of stuff, the more difficult it becomes to keep things new and keep things... I mean, how how many sermons on Thanksgiving can you... How many different ways can you preach on Thanksgiving? So so that sometimes is a struggle. So I I pray that today you'll still take something um, new. We're going to look at it in a different perspective than what I usually have have preached on Thanksgiving. But we're going to look at a story uh, in Luke chapter 17. It's kind of a fun story. Um, I I like fun stories. I I like to have fun. And so um, we're going to read in Luke chapter 17 in verse 11 a story of some people who were given something and then some didn't really understand gratitude. So we're going to talk about that today. Beginning in verse 11 of Luke chapter 17. I always forget I got it up there too, so I can actually let you read along if you don't have your 
I like to hear the rustling of pages, though. That, it's impressive to me. All right, but I digress. In Luke chapter 17, beginning verse 11, we see this. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done, and this man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So as we're starting into Thanksgiving, which ushers in then the holiday season, how many of you have children? All right, good. Everybody that has children in this service is raising their hand. That's a good thing. I had to encourage some parents. No, I'm just teasing. How many of you that have children have watched your children receive gifts and wished they were more thankful for the gifts? Anyone? Why is that? I wonder why that is. I, th- I think that because you watch it happen all the time, right? Kids, kids get something. The parents are like, oh, goodness. <laughs> all of the parents out there have, have had that oh, goodness moment, right? Oh, my. When they open up this gift, I'm not sure. They're, you know, grandma's socks really aren't going to impress them a whole lot. So, <clears throat> so there's always that little apprehension. And, and I wonder why that is. And as I started to think about the sermon today, I, I, I realized that we as adults still do that sometimes, too. We, we still sometimes struggle to actually be thankful and express gratefulness and gratitude the way so all of those lessons that our parents tried to teach us when we were kids, we didn't all learn, we didn't all learn them all that well. Because even as adults, we have to, we learned them a little bit, but we even have to learn them as adults, right? So what I want us to see today is what does it mean to be truly grateful? I believe there are four elements. You could come up with more, I'm sure. But I believe, I believe looking at this story and looking at thankfulness over over, with a broad view, I believe there's four main elements that we need to be truly thankful. The first one is there has to be someone who gives or helps, right? If there's, if there's something I'm going to be thankful for, someone had to either give me help in that or they had to give me that gift, right? So when we look at this story in Luke chapter 17, who is the giver? The giver is Jesus. The, the people know the, the lepers know that they're going to the right person. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. All right, so there's, there's always going to be a person involved in whatever we need to be thankful for. Always going to be a person connected to it. So I think, we need, I think it will help us to have a little bit of background on leprosy. And I'm not sure that later in life as new translations are translated and people retranslate scripture, I'm not sure that COVID isn't going to take over the word leprosy in many translations because I didn't really understand leprosy until we went through COVID. Um, if you had leprosy back in the Bible time, if you had leprosy, you were not allowed to be around anybody. You, you, 
actually they had this little colony of lepers. You, so you had to leave family, you had to leave work, you had to leave, you had to leave everybody, and you, you went to this little petri dish of lepers. And everybody just hung out together with their leprosy because nobody else really wanted you around because it was so contagious. Leprosy was so bad that when you left the petri dish colony of lepers, you had to let everybody know. So that if I was, if I was walking down the street and I'm a leper and you guys are gathered enjoying a sermon or something, as I'm walking towards you, as I get closer to you, I'm supposed to tell you I'm coming and that I'm unclean. So, so I don't get to say, hey, Joe, what's up? As I'm walking towards you, I have to be saying, unclean, unclean, get away. Basically, spread the, spread the mob, I've got to get through. And everybody, as they would hear those words, would be like, whoa, whoa, get away. And like people are pushing people out of the way to get away from the lepers, similar to what we just went through a couple years ago with COVID, right? I mean, if you had COVID, you had to be, you had to be locked away in your room. You, had to be, you couldn't be around your family, any of that stuff. You, you were just kind of set aside. The lepers were the same way. And so they, have, they really have nobody except their little leper buddies in this little colony. They're, they're, they're on their own. Right, And so as, the, as Jesus is walking toward Jerusalem, now we're in Luke 17, so that means we're getting toward the end of Jesus' life. And the Bible tells us where he was heading toward Jerusalem. What does that mean? Why is he going to Jerusalem? It's his purpose in Jerusalem. Crucifixion, good, I'm glad you've been studying. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's making his last, this is his last journey as he's went around and he's met. He spread, the, he spread his message around. Now he's told the disciples, hey, we have to go back to Jerusalem. The disciples said, you're an idiot. If we go back to Jerusalem, you're going to get killed. He said, well, we're going back to Jerusalem. Whether you like it or not, we're going back to Jerusalem. And so that, that's where these lepers meet Jesus. On the way to Jerusalem, his last trek toward Jerusalem where he'll actually eventually be tried crucified, and then later he'll, he'll rise from the dead. But these lepers knew who to go to, right? It's not like they were walking around, it's not like they walked around and said, unclean, can you heal me? Unclean, can you heal me? Unclean, can you heal me? Unclean, anyone in the, is there a doctor in the house can heal me a leprosy? They knew there was an individual, a specific person that could heal them of their leprosy. They knew it was, if anybody can help, it's going to be Jesus, right? Because they had seen him heal, heal lepers before. They had heard that he had healed. This isn't the first group of lepers. This, is the first, this isn't the first time that we see leprosy be healed by Jesus. So he's, he's healed people before. So they know they're going looking for Jesus. There's always a person. Now what I want you to do, and this is going to be difficult for you, and you're going to tell me I'm an idiot, but that's okay. I've been told that before. What I want you to do is I want you to think through your life, however old you are. I'm 50. It's several years, all right? So however old you are, I want you to think back for your life, and I want you to list every person in your life that's ever done something nice for you that's ever been helpful for you, or ever given you a gift. List them all, everyone. Because everything that you've been given or everything that's been done for you has always been done by an individual, right? A person. Every gift can be traced back to a person. One individual. But then James 1 tells us what? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father up above, right? So 
passed the person that gave it to you that has a name that you know that you can remember. So my mom and dad, when I was five years old, gave me this. Thank you, mom and dad, for this gift at five years old, right? You, you go through all of those things. Behind every one of those is Jesus saying, hey, you should help them. Hey, you should give them this. James says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. That's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? I mean, think about that. Everything you've received, if you were to, every person that's given you or given you something or led you or helped you has been directed by God. But that's a lot of people, right? I mean, if, I, if we would be a little more realistic and I said, how about within the last month? Can you, could you go through and name every person within the last 30 days that has done something helpful for you or given you something they didn't really have to? That would be challenging in itself, wouldn't it? Because we're constantly doing things for people. There's always an individual involved. It always comes back to a person. And oftentimes we forget. We, we like to do this. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. We throw this big group thanks out there, right? Now, you guys know, I, some of my, I, I do get on Facebook. Um, I don't do a lot on Facebook, but I do scroll through Facebook some. And one of the, thing, one of the things that, and I do it, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it's horribly bad, but I, but I want us to think about it for a minute, right? Because that's what we do. We, we think about stuff. All of the, when you have a birthday, if you're on Facebook, and, you're, you're, and you have a birthday, what happens? How many people tell you happy birthday on your birthday? Quite a few. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. Hey, happy birthday, hey, glad it's your birthday. Hey, happy birthday, happy birthday. Whew, happy birthday. Right? And so do we type out thank you to every person that says thank you, says happy birthday? We wait till the next day. And about halfway through the day, we throw out this thank you to everybody that said happy birthday yesterday. Right? This means yes, this means no. It's okay. We're all friends, all right? This means yes, it's okay. You can go ahead and say, yep, we just throw out this blanket thank you. But all of those people that said thank you to you took their individual time to say happy birthday, right? All those people said happy birthday. It took them a little bit of their time to say thank you to you. It was, one, it was an individual that's doing that. So I want you to just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. We'll come back to that later, okay? All right. But not only is there a person that's involved, there's always a gift or help. There, if I'm going to be thankful for something, there has to be something to be thankful for, right? And what is that? If we look in, this, if we look in the story, we see this. Verse 14, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. All right, so let's go back to the leprosy story. Remember, if you're a leper, you live where? In the Petri dish. It's okay, you can answer out loud. You live in the Petri dish with the lepers, right? In the, in the leper colony. And if you go anywhere, you have to tell people, hey, unclean. But then what Jesus says is, go show yourself to the priest. What he's, what he's referring to is, if you had leprosy and you lived in the Petri dish, if you thought your leprosy was getting better and you were good enough to go back home, 
you would have to go show yourself to the priest, and the priest would look you up and down and say, uh. Yep, you're good. Go ahead. You can go back home. You couldn't return home until you had been cleared by the, cleared by the priest. Kind of like you can't go back to work until you have a clear COVID test, right? You couldn't go back to work. You couldn't go back home. You couldn't be back around anybody until the priest said, okay, you're good. Go ahead. So Jesus, what does he say to these lepers? There's 10 of them, right? He says, go, you're healed. Now go show yourself to the priest, right? Nope. What does he say? Go show yourself to the priest. Are they still lepers? Yep. Is it gone? Nope. It's not, right? When they turn around and start, what? They've come to Jesus. They've said, hey, heal us. Hey, go show yourself to the priest. Okay. But they've still got leprosy, right? What did it require of them? To do what Jesus said. Faith, right? Because they're, they're, they're not healed yet, and you don't go see the priest until you're healed. It's like, it's like the order of things. You, you think your COVID's gone, then you go see the doctor. You think your leprosy's gone, you, you've lived through it, you're feeling better, now go show yourself a priest. and let you, you don't go while you're in the middle of your leprosy and say, uh, what do you think, dude? And I go, are you kidding me? Kicked out, gone, all right? No, you wait until you're healed. So Jesus says, you go show yourself to the priest. They're not healed yet, but they had enough faith to turn around and start walking. That's the gift in this story, right? That's the help that they've been given. Now, remember, I asked you in the last part, I said, go down through and think of every person in your life that's ever done anything to help you, okay? So you guys have your list on the left-hand side, right? Now, in your Excel spreadsheet, you have column A has all of the names in it. Now go across column B, C, D, E, and F, all the way out through there, and under every name, list everything you've been given by that person. Okay? So let's start with mom and dad. You want to try and, you want to try and spell out every gift you've, given, you've been given from mom and dad. Do you understand how ridiculous that is? To try and think of that. I mean, I understand. There's no way we can do that. There, there's no way we can actually list all of the things that have been done for us by all of the people that have done good things for us. But we can remember that all of those things came from whom? God, the, the Father, right? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. So, behind every, go down through your spreadsheet. Beside every one of those names, put Jesus and God because he's the one that was the giver, right? To be thankful, you have to understand who gave it. Who, who's the giver? Who's the doer? You also have to understand something actually happened, right? Now, we've been together all the way through this, right? How many lepers came to Jesus? Ten, good. When the ten left, how many left when Jesus said, go show the priest? Go show the priest. Ten. While they're on their way to the priest, how many of them are healed? Ten. Okay? So we've all been together through this whole story, right? These ten lepers, all of them are following along. They're all together still. All of them knew enough to go ask Jesus for help. All of them 
had enough faith to turn around and walk toward the priests, all ten of them were healed. All right? So what's the difference? What's the difference in gratitude and in being thankful? Because that's really where we struggle. As, as Christians, as people, as Americans, whatever they might be, where we really get into trouble, we all understand, oh yeah, people are nice to me. Oh yeah, they give me good gifts. We, we are, I'm not te- I didn't teach you anything in that. For, I just spent that whole amount of time teaching you nothing because you knew that already. But right here, I think, is where we get the struggle. And this is what we see. Look at this in the story because this is where it changes. One of them. That's important. One of them. When he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. Everybody is together until one of them actually takes the time to recognize something has happened. And when they recognize it, they give it value. And I, I, I will propose to you today that that's where most of us as followers of Jesus really struggle in our gratitude. It's recognizing what God does and giving it value. These are the ways I think that we place value on things. How much did it cost? What's the, how, how much money is involved in this? When, when I get it, when I receive a gift, one of the ways that I can choose to give that value and recognize it is based on how much it's worth, right? Because if it's only worth a dollar, it's not as worth much, it doesn't have as much value to me as if it has a thousand dollars because I place value based on the amount of money. Now, I was hoping for this because a lot of you are looking at me like, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think things based on value and what the money costs. Okay, that's fine. Rex is coming back next week. He's going to preach on honesty, I think, is what we talked about. I'm not sure. But beyond that, one of the first ways we look at whether something is valuable to us is based on money. It's not right. I'm not, I'm not saying that's the way we're supposed to be. And I'm not saying that as we grow, it doesn't become less, because it certainly does. But try explaining to a five-year-old that a savings bond is a fantastic Christmas present. That the savings bond that you spent $5 for, given compound interest over the next 30 years, is going to actually be worth $50. That five-year-old does not care about compound interest. Right? To that five-year-old kid, what is that savings bond? It's a piece of paper. For the crying out loud, you gave me a piece of paper for Christmas. <laughs> and then we as parents say, you really should be grateful for that. Because let me explain how this works to you. We could only pay $5 for a Christmas present right now, but if you hold on to this for the next 50 years, at some point you can turn it back in for $50. Oh, thanks, that makes more sense now. 
I understand it's very elementary to base value on money. Well, that's why I didn't just stop with money. There's another one called timeliness. I think, I think the time that we receive a gift or the time, the time that we receive help is also beneficial. I wrestled with whether to use this illustration or not, but I, 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 so if you don't like this illustration, don't hold it against Rex. Don't, don't hold it against the church. Tell me. Send me the nasty email. I'll tell you I'm sorry. Cause, but how many of you value toilet paper? I got a few hands going up. You will never value toilet paper more than when you're in a store restroom and there is none and the store uses electric hand dryers. You'll never place a higher value on toilet paper than in that instant. Not that I know that that's happened to anybody, that I can speak from experience, even while I was preparing this message. I don't know whether it is or not, but I will tell you that's a, If it's just a roll of toilet paper, it's not worth that much. But based on your need at the time, which brings us to the second one, right? This is the third one. I'll learn how to count later. But the third one is how it connects to our wants and our needs, right? When I was a kid, Star Wars was just coming out, right? Darth Vader, the first first that actually later became the third times the sixth. I don't know. I don't know, George Lucas is crazy. But anyway, everybody was getting like these big Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. I mean, like almost your size. I'm like six years old in 1978, and so I'm not all that big. So, you know, some of these toys that these kids are getting are almost as tall as I am. And I'm like, oh, man, I'd really like to have that, right? Hey, Mom and Dad, can I have the big Darth Vader? And then Christmas comes, and, and I get the little action figure that's like this. And you're like... They got the big one. I wanted the big one. I I don't want the little one. You see, we have wants and needs. And I know it's not right. But sometimes we value things based on how they connect to our wants and our needs at the time, right? Now that you're adults, now you can make that connection and say, well, that's actually, that's, that's a need, and now I understand a little bit more about compound interest, so now I, I appreciate that, uh, that savings bond that I got, so yay me. But even as adults, you've received stuff that you're like, this really, really doesn't do me a whole lot of good right now. It, it might have been helpful three years ago, or it might be helpful in five or ten years, but it really doesn't do a whole lot for me right now. And it affects our gratitude. Right? How grateful are we? Another way that we look at it is the cost of the giver. If you have a very, anybody got a really rich uncle, aunt, grandparents, anything like that? If you have a really rich set of uncles or aunts, and they come to Christmas, and you know that they're very wealthy, and they show up with a $5 savings bond for you, your appreciation for that is not nearly as much as it would have been if they would have brought you a $500 Because they can give more, right? So when we look at things, I know these things aren't right. That's why I'm teaching you about them. When we look at things, if we don't feel like it cost the person that gave us something, it's not, we're we're not as grateful, right? And then the last one is our feelings about the giver, whoever's giving it to us, right? 
Whoever's giving it to us matters whether we're going to be very grateful or not. If I give my child a sucker, Tootsie Pops, they keep my mouth quiet when I'm cheering or not cheering at athletic events and keep me from getting kicked out of some basketball games and volleyball games over the years. So, but if I give one of those to someone else and I give them, if I, I give them this sucker, may, they're, they're not all that grateful, right? But if someone that that person is interested in, maybe in the dating realm, if that person gives them a sucker, it's almost like a diamond ring, right? Oh my goodness, they gave me a sucker! I can't believe they gave me a sucker! Oh, I can't! Oh, I'm so excited! Look, look, I got a sucker! Oh, oh, they gave me a sucker! I can't believe! And so we're grateful based on who our relationship with the person that gave it to us, right? This means yes, this means no. I know you don't want to always nod your head, but, it's, but I want us to keep it real, right? So we base value on different things. One of them, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed of his leprosy, when he recognized that he had been given something of value and been healed, one of them returned to praise God. Now, this is what I want you to think about. This, that's the difference, right? We all know people that are, we're all thankful at times. We're all grateful for the things that we receive. But when's the last time you actually paid attention to what people have done for you and placed it, looked at the value of it? I want you to look at that list for just a minute. And I want you to think about the gifts that we receive from God. The big things that we receive from God. And How valuable would those things be if we looked at this list? Hey, realistically, let's talk about salvation. Let's call that the big gift that God gave us. Because it is, right? For them, it was the gift of healing of leprosy. Financially speaking, what does salvation do for me financially? How about timeliness? What is my salvation? What is, the, what is the privilege of going to heaven and singing in front of the angels, speaking t- of timeliness? What's the value of that to me right now? How, how about our connection to our wants and our needs? How connected is our salvation to our wants and to our needs as we sit here today? What what need does salvation fill for us today? What want does it allow us to enjoy today? What about the cost to the giver? What What did salvation cost the person who gave it? And how do we feel 
about Jesus giving that to us? What's our relationship with the Father, with the giver? Because one of them, one of, one of those, remember there were ten, one of them came back, recognized they had been given a gift, couldn't wait, ran back, Jesus, praise the Lord, thank you so much, I'm so grateful for what, I cannot believe that you actually did this for me, thank you, I'm going to fall at your feet. One of them. Jesus says this. Didn't I heal ten? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. I'm going to let that steep for a minute. One of them, ten of them were healed. One of them received something that the other nine did not. Do you know what it is? Every time that Jesus in Scripture says, go, your faith has made you well. It's connected to the forgiveness of sin. So what Jesus says is, I I gave 10 people the opportunity to experience salvation. Only one came back for it. Now, if I were Jesus in this story, there's a very, very good chance that nine people automatically ended up with leprosy again. You can laugh at that. Very good chance that I looked and say, well, if those nine aren't coming back, they can have their leprosy back too. You want to be grateful? Now, you know that you, I'm sure you haven't done it, but you've seen parents take gifts back from children that aren't grateful for the gift that they, right? Or you've heard stories. Maybe you've never seen it. You've heard stories. One. One out of ten receives salvation that day. What's the greater gift? Honestly speaking long term, like eternity long term, which is the greater gift? The healing of a disease or the acceptance into heaven? You see, I understand that being thankful is tough because 
When we don't take the time to recognize all the things that God does for us, do we? We don't. We don't. How many of you, how many of you stop and say, thank you, Lord, for air? We don't, because we expect it to be there. But if you've fallen off a boat and you're drowning, and someone brings you a scuba tank and puts that in your mouth and you get a gasp of air, when you get, on the, when you get back on the shore, what's one of the first things you're going to do? Say thank you, because that air carried a lot of value to you in that moment, right? See, the question is this. Do you really value your salvation or not? Does, does what Jesus did on the cross really matter or not? You see, sweet potatoes and mashed potatoes and turkey and cranberry relish and pumpkin pie, all of that stuff is fantastic, but it's not going to get you into heaven. Jesus will. When we celebrate on Thursday, when you have your big meal and you stand around and you say, oh, let's be thankful. Somebody, somebody say grace because we're thankful. Thank you, Lord, for this food. We're going really, to get really fat for a day and we're going to feel bad, but it's going to taste good. Thanks. Okay, bye. Is it really about the food? Is it really, about, is it really even about the harvest of crops? See, true thankfulness comes from a recognition and a value of the salvation that Jesus has offered you. The fact that he said to you, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter who you've hurt, I'll offer you salvation. The joy of thanksgiving and giving thanks to God is the fact that no matter who you are, he said, you can be told just like this leopard, go, be healed. Your faith has made you well. As the worship team comes forward, I want you to re-listen, because maybe some of you weren't paying attention. It's the beginning of the service. Not everybody's fully engaged yet. Hopefully you are by now. Psalm 100, Lupe read this for us earlier. Listen, as we think about value, and we think about the elements of thanksgiving, listen to what David says in Psalm 100. Shout with joy to the Lord, all of the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. When I look at the direction our world is heading, I don't have a great feeling. I worry about my children. I worry about my grandchildren and their children and what America and what the world will look like for them. The way we're headed, I don't have a great feeling. But what I do have is a Savior 
And I have a God that says, I'm going to walk with you. Every, every step that you take, I'm, I'm going to go with you. Not even every step that you take, every step that your children take. One of these days, Brian, you're going to be gone from this earth. It's gonna, and my kids are going to be left without me. But he's going to walk with them too if they, if they take Jesus as their Savior. And one day their children... He's going to walk with them. No matter what comes up, he's going to walk with them. And he's going to be with them. And he's going to protect them. And he's going to care for them. And he's going to love them. What's that worth? Is that worth the thanks? I would say. Let's pray. Oh, God, you're so good. And we're so... We're so quick to forget but you love us anyway. And you promise us anyway. This week we pray that you'll help us to be thankful for what you've done and that we'll see it as value and recognize it. We pray these things in Jesus' name.